it's once again time to get gutsy with Liz Hall and her expert guests on the Gutsy Babe podcast. I'm your host, Liz Hall, and welcome to this episode of the Gutsy Babe podcast. Today, we'll be talking about natural ways to treat GI issues with my special guest, naturopathic physician, Dr. Brian Myers. As a clinician, Dr. Myers is a compassionate listener who seeks to understand each person's unique experience and health story. His main goal is to teach and empower his patients to understand the factors impacting their health and longevity goals. Dr. Myers has an enthusiasm for staying up on the most current research and technologies. He uses the best conventional naturopathic and functional medicine to resolve underlying problems. He loves working together with his patients to resolve disease and improve longevity. His mission as a doctor is to promote a balanced path towards optimal health and longevity. Dr. Myers, welcome to the Gutsy Babe podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm super excited about this. I have so many questions to ask. Are you ready? I sure am. Awesome. Let's get going here. What is a naturopathic physician and how do you differ from an MD? So we're primary care doctors. Um, we're licensed in several states throughout the country, and uh, we uh, complete four-year accredited medical school degrees. Mm -hmm. And then we practice as outpatient primary care doctors. Um, I think the big ways that we differ from a conventional medical doctor is that we really um, try to understand the root cause of pathology and address that while also trying to optimize for longevity. And I think those things um, make us a little bit unique in our practices. Oh, interesting. So how did you get involved with naturopathic medicine? So I, um, after undergrad, I ended up uh, teaching at a school on a reservation in rural Montana for a number of years. And uh, through that, I felt compelled to go back to school and study medicine and was pretty convinced at that time that I wanted to be in primary care and uh, ended up coming into contact with an undergrad friend of mine who had completed her naturopathic doctorate degree and said, well, if you want to be in primary care, you at least ought to consider naturopathic medicine. So I looked into it and applied uh, along with some medical schools and ended up in Portland at the National University of Natural Medicine. So, yeah, I mean, it was a little unexpected, but when feeling resounded that I wanted to be in primary care, it seemed logical to be in a profession where I was expanding my primary care tool belt more so than I was learning highly specialized fields that for me personally, I didn't have the same level of interest in. That makes sense. Yeah, so I'm happy with my knowledge base now and <laughs> my my treatment strategies as a result. I personally know you are very knowledgeable in your field. You practice something called functional medicine. What is it and how does it differ from mainstream medicine? Functional medicine is a systems-based approach to addressing the underlying cause of disease. And I think that's part and parcel with un, with naturopathic medicine. That's uh, one of you know, our philosophical tenets is to understand the root cause and to address that. And so as I learn more and more about functional medicine, I just think, gosh, this is, this is the foundation of the medicine that I learned in, in my medical school. Similar in, in, in a lot of ways to how I practice. Oh. You see a lot of patients with GI issues. What are some of the GI health challenges you commonly treat in your practice? I think the big things that come to mind are infections and uh, like leaky gut, food intolerance, inflammatory issues. Beyond those two, I think about nutrition impacting microbiome and motility. 
So those are kind of the big things that I see impacting gut health and that can manifest in a lot of different ways from one person to the next. Do you think hormonal issues come into factor as well into your gut? Absolutely. 100% they do. Yeah. I mean, those are important uh, signals for all facets to our body. And so if, if there's hormonal imbalance or if there's hormonal tissue or that's um, in different locations, that can certainly give way to motility or, or GI symptoms, altering the microbiome, increasing likelihood for infection, 100% um, integral. Yeah, that's, I truly feel that's always been a lot of my girlfriends. Just last night, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and she was complaining of her GI issues. And I mentioned it to her personally. I'm like, you should check your hormones out. You should go to Dr. Myers. (laughs) You're exactly right. And some people might notice then that they have like a shift in those symptoms with the same periodicity as their cycle. You know, as they're coming onto their cycle, they might feel more constipated or have an increase in like more GI distress or, or as they're leaving it. And so yeah, those are certainly things to be mindful of. And, and part of what we do is try to figure out what that underlying cause is. Yeah, if there's an endocrine component as well. Absolutely. Right. For me personally, I know that when I was on my cycle, I'd get diarrhea. But mm-hmm. on my regular, when I wasn't on my cycle, I would be constipated. This is earlier yeah. on, on in my early days prior to being diagnosed with my endometriosis to figure out that that was my root cause. Yeah, what fascinating. So for each of those disorders, how do your treatments differ from mainstream approaches and why do you feel your approach is superior? Uh, well, um, not always superior. Sometimes they can be variable, but I mean, so let's just kind of take those um, off the list. So with infections, I think, um, it, it varies. I think antifungals um, don't have quite as many uh, unsavory side effects, but the uh, herbal antifungals I have really great success with. Um, with the bacterial infections, I think we're pretty clearly establishing that there can be a lot of downstream unsavory side effects to antibiotic use, either in the short term or the long term. And so in that in those instances, I've found herbal approaches to be more gentle and less uh, detrimental to the overall microbiome. And so in those instances, I tend to prefer them. Um, and I have had really great success with my herbals for, uh, anti- for, for treating parasites as well. So I feel real comfortable with those as well. Um, and then the other things, it's a lot of times it's about addressing nutrition, you know, protein, plants, and fat primarily as uh, effective agents for motility and also improving the microbiome. And then I think beyond that, the conventional medical model only allows for certain types of allergic responses, particularly IgE or anaphylactic reactions. And it can be variable whether you'll get a practitioner who's willing to entertain the idea of IgG or IgA reactions. And those are different parts of one's immune system, but can certainly manifest with uh, delayed inflammatory responses. And, And those are things that can sometimes be misunderstood or misidentified in conventional medicine, whereas we can find really effective strategies for addressing those things and, and, uh, and moving forward for treating leaky gut, as it were. Right. What are your thoughts about the roles that food and supplements should play in treatment? Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing to remember is food is medicine, right? Like this is what we're providing to our body 
at all times primarily as an opportunity for ourselves to utilize that, right? To make us a better person, to make us the next self, to re-energize us, to um, repair and regenerate all of the cellular tissue. And so we need to be mindful of that when we eat. It's not a burden or a chore, but it also should be with a little bit of strategy because we're trying to like replenish this human body. And we can't just do that without a little bit of care and respect. And so I think that's the first and most important thing to remember is that food is medicine. And then after that, like I find supplements to be very effective when we're trying to optimize nutrition, sleep, physical activity, and stress management. But I really try to stress that those things are paramount to optimizing health. And so we need to be addressing those pillars of health. And we look at labs, we marry that with how somebody's experiencing this world. And we try to make strategic supplemental interventions for the short and perhaps long term to, again, optimize for health and longevity. So, or remove disease. You're right. Food is medicine. And that's why you always tell me to cut the sugar. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so delicious. delicious. So what tips do you have for consumers when it comes to purchasing more effective supplements? Seek a professional. Definitely find somebody who's knowledge and comfortable and understands and marry that, like I said, with your experience. Like, are they effective for you? Are they clinically effective on lab work? Um, Those things would be valuable to take into consideration. Uh, Beyond that, um, take a more active role in your health. Like this is your price of admission to life, to this ride. This is what you have to live in and to be with. And so try to optimize it to the degree that you can so that you can live longer, better, faster, more enjoyably. Yeah. So one of the supplements that you have recommended that I've been on now for several years is the DIM supplement. And that has really, really, truly has changed my life when it comes to my hormones. Um, I used to call them like my old lady aches and pains. Um, It literally takes those old lady aches and pains away. (laughs) So I thank you for that. And what was crucial regarding the DIM is I had to increase the amount. And you were the one that told me to increase that amount to help me. Because even though it says like take one or two, I have to take four because your body, you know, uh, absorbs it differently, right? Or it just, that's what I need. Yeah, we have the opportunity with certain labs like uh, Dutch test, for example, where we can look at some of those estrogen elimination pathways and see if we found a therapeutic dose yet or not. And so, you know, that can be really helpful for understanding how that medicine is impacting you. And the other thing is, yeah, we're trying to find that therapeutic dose and in that, but also do it safely. And that's again, where we need to circle back to the previous question of like, how do you find effective supplements, seek a practitioner, so you're not taking an unsafe amount? But yeah, that you're finding yeah. the right dose. No, it's so true. Um, that might on- vary also with time too, with you and anybody else. Yeah, our bodies are constantly changing. What are some of the worst and best foods for GI health? Let's start with the worst. Uh, sugar, sugar by another name, alcohol. <laughs> that's a, that's that's about it. Uh, what are the best? Protein, plants, and fats. I think um, if I could just say a little bit more about that, I would just quote Michael Pollan and he said, eat food, mostly plants, not a lot. And I think that that really resonates. If you just take a moment and think about that. 
and then also are mindful that at your meals you're able to easily identify these are my protein plant fat sources those are the things i think that are really optimal for gi health okay can i ask you is is popcorn good for you or bad <laughs> it depends i mean i mean um some popcorn i'm ah, <laughs> I think it's hard to argue is popcorn good for you, uh, but I don't think that it's horrible. And, and I think that there's a lot of variability from one person to the next. It might be fun to wear a continuous glucose monitor and see how some amount of popcorn affects your blood sugar. And from one person to the next, the magnitude and duration of that would help understand how bad that popcorn is for somebody. But I mean, <laughs> it's delicious. Um, <laughs> Probably not a bag. Also, what about oatmeal? I feel that it's controversial. So they say oatmeal is good for you, but yet sometimes I've also read that it's not. So can you share some light on that? Yeah, um, I think just jumping back to what I'd said about wearing a CGM, it's probably not great for your blood sugar. And there are certainly things that you could do or one could do to kind of hack that, maybe by adding some more protein or uh, healthy fat to the, that um, oatmeal to kind of buffer the blood sugar dysfunction you might otherwise have. Um, beyond that, I mean, it's a pretty well-tolerated food when people aren't feeling well. And so from that standpoint, it's it's not horrible. <laughs> it tastes great. It's really, a, it's really a, a nice comfort food. It's true. So how would you add a protein to your oatmeal? Well, you could add eggs. Some people would add like a nut butter. Oh, a nut butter. Okay. So we hear a lot about probiotics and prebiotics. Well, can you explain what they are and what the difference is? Sure. So uh, prebiotics are kind of like the fertilizer or the substrate that creates the uh, foundation for the microbiome that inhabits our gut. And the probiotics would be those types of beneficial bacteria. And so some examples of prebiotic foods would be like onions and garlic and asparagus and artichokes, bananas, apples and leeks. And probiotic foods that we kind of commonly eat would be our fermented foods. So like sauerkraut, kefir, kimchi, kombucha, uh, tempeh, yogurt, those sorts of things. You recommend people to take a prebiotic and a probiotic daily or does it depend yeah i mean it certainly could be beneficial to take those things regularly there are lab tests that are helpful for evaluating whether that's in how urgent or imperative that might be from one person to the next and then i think the other thing is with uh, like a general intention of improving microbial diversity rotating probiotics seems to be um, an effective strategy and also improving the range of plants that you're eating is an effective strategy for improving or optimizing your prebiotic foundation as it were let's say i just wanted to do one or the other not both would you recommend a prebiotic or a probiotic i would say eat nutritious foods and have a probiotic okay so if a person could only make three lifestyle changes to promote optimal gi health what would you recommend Refine your nutrition, and that includes what we've talked about and also making sure that you're well hydrated. On top of that, 
I would say make sure that you're optimizing for sleep. I think that sleep can oftentimes be overlooked, but is an important part of our overall well-being and our GI motility. And so that's something that, um, and I mean, our longevity as well. And so uh, I think that those, if, we, if, we, if we're just picking three, I'm picking those two. And then I'm going to also say uh, aim for regular, consistent, well-formed bowel movements. And if you're not experiencing that, then seek help. Yeah. All right, Dr. Myers. So how can people reach you and find out about you? I'm available at Walnut Creek Naturopathic. That's in Walnut Creek, California. Um, our web clinic website is Walnut Creek Naturopathic and the phone number is 925-939-0300. And just a note, just because your office is in Walnut Creek, California, does not mean that anywhere, anyone can't reach out to you because you do zoom meetings right virtual that's right that's right i'm available across california uh via telemedicine for first and follow appointments as well amazing. absolutely amazing great yeah. well thank you so much dr myers for joining us today it's been a you're, true honor and such a pleasure having you here you're very welcome it's been my pleasure i've had a wonderful time thank you so much well, that's it for this episode. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more Gutsy Babe content. See you next week on another installment of the Gutsy Babe podcast. Is it hard to go when you're on the go? Well, you're not alone. Traveler's constipation affects millions daily. Don't let irregularity ruin your next trip. Try Travelies. It's specially formulated to keep you going on your next vacation or business trip. Unlike common over-the-counter therapies for constipation, Travelies is all natural, doesn't produce cramping, and won't dehydrate you. Want to find out more? Go to easynaturalhealth.com. That's E-E-Z-E naturalhealth.com.